Hello, everybody. Hopefully, you can hear us right now. We are live on uh, YouTube, finally. It's been a long time since we've been live on YouTube, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know if we would be going live if we didn't get the news yesterday that beautiful Bobby Eaton passed away. But we're going to keep it upbeat. We'll celebrate Bobby's life and time in the ring, uh, what we can. I am sitting here, actually, tonight with Doc. He's live on the live stream for the first time in a very long time. And I brought back the Transformer himself, Sean Sparks, who grew up like me watching Mid-South Wrestling. So uh, hopefully um, you guys are, are having a good time if you're just joining us. I like to stall in the beginning of this because this is an unannounced live stream, Spark. So that means, you know, people will be joining on uh, just a few. You know how that goes. So anyway, right. I'll throw it to you uh, first, Doc. Uh, get your flips and dives in uh, while we're waiting on everybody to join. That way nobody hears all your nonsense. <laughs> That's nice. I know. <laughs> I'm doing great tonight. Um, I'm drinking beer because that's what Bobby Eaton would want. Um, normally, I wouldn't be here with the JV Goon Squad, but you know, special circumstances. Sparks, where are you from? I grew up in, well, actually, even outside of a little tiny speck on the map called Maringouin, Louisiana. It's about maybe 15, 20 miles west of Baton Rouge, and currently, okay, well, I reside in currently I reside in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. All right, well, I'll talk slow tonight. Um, <laughs> he can't, he can't, he can't help himself, Sparks. He can, he hey, never can help himself. You know, hey, that. if it's well, what he needs, hey, if it's what he needs to get through the day, let him have it. I think you'll find. Just like Robert Silva did, that I'm a lot nicer than Mike makes me out to be, and uh, that when you deal with uh, both of us for an extended period of time, most people realize that Mike is the problem. Harper sure does. So anyway, uh, wish we were here under other circumstances because uh, we lost a wrestling legend at far. We're going to talk about this at far too early of an age. So. Uh, Mike, I'm doing well, uh, all things considered. Uh, I'm on about beer 16, and uh, I'm ready to talk about Bobby Eaton. Should we be shocked that you're on beer 16? I'm shocked it's only 16. That's a, it's a very low number, actually, right? Um, yeah, so um, we're still waiting for a few people to join us here uh, on the live stream. We only got a couple of people in so far. So, hey, if you're if you're in the if you're in the live stream already, I see uh, Chris Zoncha or Zauha. Or Zuka, depending on uh, what day of the week it is for Harper. Uh, he's in the, the chat. Ace I, I see spades. The yeah. Ace of Spades. Nice to nice to nice to see you in here, uh, Zoncha or Zaha. That's for him. Anybody? If anybody you, else is in the you chat, you know that. But that's that's Motorhead. I knew who that was. That's why I just kept going. If anybody else is in the chat, say hello to us. Sparks is going to be monitoring the chat. I'll be monitoring the chat because Sparks is going to do a lot of talking tonight. He just doesn't realize it yet. But thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. As I want to know if Bobby Chris Zosha would. I want to know if Chris Zosha would take a needle and poke a hole in one of those moles on Lemmy's face and squeeze the pus out and then drink it. What's wrong with that, you? That's what a super fan would do. Come on, dude. What? You ever watched Doctor Pimple Popper? No, I've never watched that show. Although it does come on the same channel as Life Below Zero, and I do love Life Below Zero. So I don't know if that tells you anything. That, um, I thought that I thought that was the tale of your IQ, but whatever. Okay, well, whatever you say. Uh, Doc, let, let me throw it to you. You know, they'll be able to replay this thing. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll post it up for everyone. But um, 
let me just get some opening thoughts from you about uh, Bobby Eaton, Midnight Express. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I never can find the right words to say when somebody passes away. It's just me. We got so an that, early morning text from Harper, didn't we, yesterday no, morning? You, you, you got an early morning text from me. Oh, oh, that was you. Okay. Well, then Harper and I were sad. Yeah, I got up and saw the news, and I was like, no. And then I'm scrambling because I never I never trust anything when I see it on the news or social media anymore. I, like, literally have to verify everything five, six, seven, eight times. Unlike Doc, he just goes whatever he sees. And I noticed, I was like, okay, some reputable people are reporting this. Okay, okay. Well, so anyway, here's what I think. It was think. about 6 a.m. when I texted you and Hopper. If you take a guy in the wrestling business back in that day and can't find too many or anyone that says a bad word about him, and everybody universally agrees that he's one of the good guys, he's sort of in that kind of Mick Foley camp. And then you take a guy that you enjoyed watching because he was a master of his craft without having to talk. Then he's in one of the seminal feuds of the greatest decade of wrestling in the Midnights and Rock and Roll. What else is there to say? I mean, that's a big loss. That's a guy who covered a lot of ground and didn't do it in the conventional ways of having to talk to get it done. And 62 years old. It's... I say it all the time, Doc, you and I have had this discussion. The older I get, the more I get to worry with things like that. I mean, he's 62. That's not far off from where we're at now. And you shut your mouth. I'm, I'm young. Okay. Sparks, how old are you? I am 48. See, he knows what I'm talking about. I'm 47. This is just mm -hmm. getting away from us. We're going right. to die soon. Yeah, I, I mean, you expect and you know that these guys that you watched as adult entertainers when you were 10, 12 years old are going to move on one day. Yep. But like I said, 62. I mean, geez. That's just... I mean, I was watching him in Dallas and I was probably 10 or 11, but shit, he was like 25. Right. Yes. And, and, and you tell me Ric Flair ain't going to make it through the end of tomorrow. I'm like, I'm going to be sad, but I'm like, well, shit, I guess I understand why. Yeah. And, or, and that's the, other, the snake. Yeah. And that's the other thing about Bobby is, you know, sure. He was hard on his body and they ran the roads, but he's not one of these guys you hear about, you know, partying all night and drinking all day and constantly being in trouble and living on the wild side. You know, I mean, this is here's a guy who Bill Dundee was okay with his daughter marrying. Yeah, 62 is just way too young. And one of his relatives actually posted on Facebook. I, I didn't see it myself, but they mentioned it on Busted Open yesterday, um, the radio show. One of his relatives actually said with his wife, Bobby Eaton's wife passing, you know, a month or so ago, they said, honestly, they thought he just died of a broken heart. There's lots of instances out there of people that die within a few days of each other that have been married that long. Right. And you um, know, apparently recently he had uh, had an accident, broke his hip or something. And 
I don't know, when you lose someone who you've been that close to for so long, and it takes a lot of fight sometimes to get through the bad times. It would be like if if something happened to me and Mike had to carry on. (laughs) But, I mean, if you're you're in that situation and, you know, you don't just don't have that will, it's like, you know what, maybe I just want to go ahead and join her, you know? You're you're a psychologist, you know how that goes. Well, yeah, and let me just say this. I know there's a lot of, gosh, there's so many people in the wrestling landscape that are in different camps. There's Corny's camp, and there's the Meltzer camp, and there's the AEW guys. It's like, look, I got preferences. I got things I don't want to see. I got things I don't like. I got things I do like. But I did see that there was a GoFundMe for Bobby's uh, memorial service. And I hope this is true. Is that they they set a goal of ten grand? They had already collected twenty over twenty one thousand dollars, and that Chris Jericho had donated five thousand dollars. Yeah. So I even saw saw somebody post a a thank you to Joey Janela for his donation. So hopefully. You know, everybody realizes that we don't all have to be best buddies and we don't but we all also don't have to be fuck you all the time around the fact that we're in the there's the wrestling business. I mean Mike can be over there with his pizza cutters and the rest of us can like cl- classic wrestling, but maybe we can all come together over Bobby Eaton, you know? So they I wasn't going to bring up the GoFundMe, but it looks like the GoFundMe has been closed for uh, Bobby. Yeah, I was going to mention it tonight on here, but it's been closed because they doubled up on it. Yeah, they raised twenty one thousand seven hundred eight dollars, according to uh, GoFundMe. And, you know, to shout out to to give credit where credit's due. I mean, you know, Jericho gave uh, I'm just reading off some of the top donors. Some of them I don't really know who they are, but Jericho gave five thousand uh, Chase Owens, who's a wrestler, gave 500. There's a couple other 500s. I don't know who these folks are, so I don't want to mention them. I just don't know who they are. Cody gave 500. Janela did give 300. Mark Madden gave 250. Ricky Steamboat 250. So uh, Michelle Runnels uh, gave 100. I mean, you know, those are those are some of the top. Hey ones man, thoughts and prayers on though. Twitter are free, but that's putting your money where your mouth is. So we appreciate that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and you know, uh, I forgot who else passed away that Jericho donated 5000 to as well. And Was it Axel Rotten? Axel Rotten's alive. What are you talking about? Is he? Yeah. I don't think he died. Listen to me. I don't know. You know, I'm not the rock and roll guy. But no, my point was going to be, I know Jericho. I didn't got... say Axel Rose, you idiot. Oh, you said Axel Rotten. That's right. Jesus Christ! Would you put down the henny and produce and direct this show? <laughs> I'm not drinking. Um, but Jericho has given. I gotta say, man, he. Whenever somebody something like this happens, he gives. Uh, Tommy Noe, who was on the deathbed, he donated a lot to him from what Tommy told me. Now they knew each other really well from Smoky Mountain, and they they used to talk. From time to time, still, they still do. Did Tommy catch some bacteria from when Tammy sat on his table? Uh, Tommy had a stroke. Can you stop sometimes being a just piece of crap? 
Damn. What? We're trying to RIP one of the great, literally one of the greats, the, one of the goats. And you're bringing up Tammy's snail trail on Tommy I... Noe's table. Mm. Mm. I mean, come on. So, mm. um, but anyway. Yeah, at least he yeah. didn't call it a snail trail. Yeah, you did that, you fucking hillbilly. Did who originally said that? Was it you or Hopper when we were reviewing Tammy's tips? Look. First of all, that was many years ago. And it sounds like something that could easily come out of either one of our mouths. It's hard to tell. Fair enough. Fair enough. But no, ser- on a serious note, man, I mean, a lot of people just think about that, man. They raised they they raised 21 almost $22,000 in basically you know, less than two days, like a day and a half. That, look, I know Bobby was a national TV star, but there's a lot of wrestlers who passed that don't raise that much money um, when they need it. Before we talk about other highlights, um, let's talk about the uh, flaw in the fact that uh, he will now most likely, hopefully, be posthumously inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Sparks, I want your thoughts on this because I have some, mine or this. I don't look at the WWE Hall of Fame as legitimate. I've said that a bunch of times. I think it's, I think it's bull crap. However, I also have to acknowledge as a quote-unquote Hall of Fame, if we're going to call it that, they have the biggest platform, so to say, because they're the biggest organization. Thus, I do wish that he would have been inducted with Corny and, and Stan and Dennis as the midnight because it would have put the shine on him that he deserved and all those guys deserve for their accomplishments in wrestling. That's the only, that's the main reason. I don't think that hall of fame is legitimate, but that's why I wish he would have been given that opportunity. Now you're right, doc. They're going to put corny and Stan and Dennis in and Bobby's not going to be there to soak it all in, which I don't like sparks. What did you, what are you, what were you going to say about it? I agree with you completely. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Everybody knows that that Hall of Fame is just political and the whims of the people who run that company at the end of the day. But still, if you get picked, it's still an honor and it still gets you a lot of stroke if you're still working, you know, a little extra payday. You got that on your resume. But I, like you said, I mean, Bobby Eaton deserved that night. And he deserved to be recognized as the common thread through all the incarnations, you know, <laughs> from 83 on, you know. Yeah. Mid-South WCW. But, yeah, I mean, I just, you pretty much said it all. Here's what, the other thing. Well, what do you think, Doc? I mean, what are your thoughts about him now going in after the fact? Uh, um, I don't know, because see, now you run the risk that Corny's mad about this and just says, no, forget it. They all just say, never mind. No, he'll and do it. it. You think? He'll do it. Yeah, I, I think he will. Totally. He'll do it. Cause, cause, I, cause, I can't see him holding that big of a grudge over that. Okay, so here's yeah. the other thing. And they're going to pay him, and he's going to exactly. do it. Now, Now, I will say this. It's going to have to be... A few years from now, once he wants to come out of his house, and I got to be careful because we're on the YouTube, what I'm talking about here, but it'll be, it might be a while before he agrees to it, but that's not because he doesn't want to. He'll do it because, again, he's thinking of Stan, you know, Dennis, and now, you know, well, honoring Bobby. And speaking after of death. Stan, 
Wait a minute. Is there anybody in the chat? I can't see this shit. Is there anybody in the stream? Thank God yeah. you nobody's in. Thank God you can't see it because they're all bagging on you. <laughs> I got one per Ryan Damon. I love it, Ryan. Boo, Doc, Cowboys 0-1 already. <laughs> I can just leave. I'm, <laughs> no, here. I'm, no. I'm here. On, yeah, I'm here. You, you, no. see, you think that would upset these people? Well, <laughs> I'll watch a game. I watched the game last night. I and Mike knows I don't normally watch preseason. I saw some encouraging things. I'm not interested in our record in preseason. But you know, if my presence isn't needed, I could go back in there and hang out with my family. At the I, hate to agree, I hate to agree with you, but I, I don't. I watched the preseason, but it's I, yeah, the record. It's it's nothing. It's a glorified practice. But um, keep going, Doc. What do you, what do you think? Well, I was going to point out for these idiots that happen to be listening tonight that mm. it's a it's an interesting little coinky dink that Bobby Eaton died on Stan Lane's 68th birthday. Oh wow. That's further linking them together into eternity. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's Man, you talk about just weird stuff that happens. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's there's weird. a list of weird coincidences throughout the formation of the Midnight Express, which, I mean, I can't remember them all off my head, and you know, it's something you have to read up on, but it's crazy how many times these guys cross paths, and one guy just happened to be in the right place at the right time that led up to the formation of the Bobby Dennis Cornette Midnight Express. And that's just weird that, you know, you can cap it off with one more. And it's weird how Stan gets there. I want to talk about that later, but um, so Sparks, you and oh Doc, I don't, let me let me. I want to get some more from you before we go to Sparks because I know Sparks is going to talk a little bit about. I want Sparks to talk about the the talent trade, how Mid South ended up getting eaten and and Condry and Corny. I mean, everybody knows the story, but just how they come in, they like the territory on fire. But did you have anything else? What else? Because I know you. Uh, I know Here's you do a lot of prep for these things, unlike Hopper. Well, a lot of the interesting thing for me is you hear people say, well, which do you like better? Do you like Condry and Eaton or Stan and Eaton? And my thing is, I like them both because I really do think that Condry and Eaton were a great tag team for that 83 through 85, 86. They were they were a perfect territory wrestling heel tag team. Condry had that kind of country music outlaw country music singer look and they were tough and, and could get after it and bobby was younger then and then you get into the cable national cable tv and obviously stan lane was built for that with bobby and they're great as well i don't pick one over the other i'll take them both i agree i, I think you're dead on with that See, I said that. See, Mike, I, you always talk. You always talk about like how I'm divisive with like the goon squad and stuff. But like, whenever Silva comes on, he's like, "Man, I like hanging out with Doc." And here comes Sparks. And I told you, I, I said this on the last show. You haven't heard the Sparks. I said if I would have been down there at Wildcat last, you got to been buying drinks for people. Would have been hanging out. Mike had gone out the night before with his partners and and gotten wasted and stayed up all night and didn't want to hang out with all of y'all. I would have been over there having fun and and teeth and gums, but Mike is Mr. Sour Pants. Okay. 
Okay. I agree, I actually agree with you. I've I said that when we were covering the show where Stan comes in, which was glorious because he comes in and he's got this chest of cheetah grin on his face <laughs> that is just he is glowing. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel. The us reviewing it. He is. He knows. He just hit the jackpot, and you know what that jackpot ass is. Ass in every. He he realized standing there at the podium that there was ass in every town. But what I want to say about your comment about both teams, the Condry version and the Lane version. So we know Cornette's a constant, obviously, in, in those teams. But to me, Bobby is the in-ring talent. I think it's a testament to Bobby that he worked just as well with both guys, Stan and Dennis. I mean, he there was no, like, if you go back and watch when Stan first comes in, you don't see any drop-off. There's still the chemistry. It was like, it was like they were they were made to be a team, um, and and we all know the story. Dennis disappeared. <laughs> they needed someone to fill the role, and lo and behold, they got the perfect person. And I just think that's a testament. While they Stan, got the perfect, they got the perfect person at the perfect time for where they, they were. did. They did. Right. And while while Stan was was perfect for the role. I, I think you got to give Bobby credit because Bobby just went with it. Well, he's the, the workhorse of either team. No, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's my point. Like, he's the glue. I know Cornette was a talker, and I know Cornette's the manager, and he's the guy on the outside causing all the shenanigans and yada, yada, yada. But my point is Bobby is the guy in the ring that you really got to have the chemistry with, and Stan slid right in, no pun intended. <laughs> the ring that is and they Come went on. with it and before you know it i mean it, how often do you say and we never call them the new midnight express we we still call them the midnight express because in us it's interchangeable whether we're stan and, and bobby or bobby and dennis they're still the midnight express but how often do you can you say that a member of a team is replaced and that team doesn't skip a beat keeps winning titles keeps their accomplishments and literally i don't think the only thing we ever talk about when we talk about them teams is oh yeah dennis was a member and then stan was a member but nobody i never talked to anybody who says they hate either either version here's the fly i agree with you but the only fly in that ointment is the only team i can think about off the top of my head that did that was the heavenly bodies which had corny Uh, yeah and and hey look not the same person, but the common denominator in that was Dr. Tom. And if I'm, I'm not saying Dr. Tom was Bobby Eaton, but Dr. Tom is a consummate professional, a great, great wrestler. He, I mean, look at the guys he's trained. Dr. Tom was the common denominator. He was the guy, I mean, he was the workhorse, if you really think about it. He wasn't the workhorse with him and Stan, but he definitely, I mean, well, he, he kind of was. I mean, not that Stan couldn't work. Uh, you know what I'm saying, but he definitely was a workhorse with Del Rey, even though Del Rey he was, was really a good there. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to get at. So I agree. I mean, like, yeah, uh, that that's the only team, and that was on a much smaller scale. But I mean, they didn't miss a beat. They kept winning titles, and it and it, it kind of got better in a way because Dennis wasn't a talker. Like, but they weren't a better team. It just was Stan. It was just see, Stan I was mean, a mouthpiece too. There's a couple of things. There's a couple of things about Bobby that are interesting. One is, because he didn't talk, the few times that he did talk were serious business. Right. 
what I'm thinking about is like that whole horseman thing right at the end of with Holy and I mean, uh, Arn and Tully when they're in that like house show or they're in the arena and he yells at them. You've gone too far or something like that. The other thing is some of the most entertaining pieces of their work in the, in the whole studio was either when he would bring people over to the, to the podium during a match or he would start <laughs> fucking with Tony during the interview. That shit was good stuff. So he had a way to be entertaining out quote unquote outside the ring, but it didn't have to necessitate him being, you know, cutting a promo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think another thing you got to keep in mind with the transition there is when they first got together in 83 in Mid-South, Dennis Condry had quite a number of years on Bobby Eaton. And he was kind of the grizzled veteran, and he was the guy kind of directing everything, you know, basically calling the matches. Well, by the time Dennis leaves, well, now Bobby's got those years under his belt. Now he's the veteran, and he can play Dennis's role what Dennis's role was to him, now he can be that to Stan. Okay, so I'm gonna I've got a factoid on that that is gonna let's see. How much older I know what you're gonna say. Go ahead. How much older than Bobby do you think okay, I got a better idea. How much older than Stan Lane do you think Dennis Condry is? Condry Lane Wait, you mean, what are you saying, Doc? So we say that Condry was the vet with Eaton and Condry. Then it was Lane and Eaton, and Eaton had years under it. But it's funny. How much older is Dennis Condry than Stan Lane? Oh, he's not that much older. What was it, like two years, maybe? One year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Dennis. I mean, Sparks and I know this from when we when the midnight came in the mid south in eighty three. It, it is Dennis in nineteen eighty three is like thirty years old. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Thirty one. Okay, when he looked Dennis, like a reti- he looked like a retired member of the BGS when he was in southeastern <laughs> in like eighty one. Dennis comes into mid south and he looks. I mean, both of them for that. Well, Bobby looked 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 a lot younger. Well, he was he was younger, obviously. But Dennis looked like he was. Good lord! Um, hey, Sparks, do you know who the the singer Keith Whitley is? Vaguely, he was a singer, kind of a country singer, right in the eighties. Right, that's Dennis Condry. <laughs> Keith Whitley. If you look him up, that's Keith Whitley. Mm-hmm. Dennis Condry. Yeah. Uh, Eric Sermon in the chat here is actually bringing up a good point. Stan had that good bit of experience with uh, Steve Kern in Memphis. Yeah, that's why. That's that's why. Which I, I was, didn't isn't that isn't that sort of the impetus for Jerry Jarrett telling Bill Watts where are the blowjobs, and that's how you get over to right. rock and roll and midnight in right. Mid South. Right. Yeah. Um. Going back to what we're talking about, though, Dennis. Yeah. So Dennis was like 31 when he gets to Mid South. Bobby is six years younger, so he's 25. Um. Bobby looks every. I don't say he looks every bit of 25, but you can tell he's younger. But Dennis. Dennis looked like he was 41 in Mid South. Prue in the chat has the perfect uh, adjective. Dennis was weathered. 
Who is Prue? Michael Prue. I'm the, the other uh, another fine member of the JV Goon Squad. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Does the ECW show? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to come on there and help out their ratings soon. Ah, <laughs> I heard. We know you never make time for things like that, Doc. You're a you're an idea guy, right? Um, I believe I set a time I set aside time every day for strategic thinking. And horizontal integration. Keep going. Uh what else you got about Bobby before we throw to Sparks? Let's throw to Sparks. Let's see what he's got here. Let's let him I mean, we we've already put up big numbers and we got a big lead, so we brought the J V Goon squad on the bus with us out of town. Let's put them in the game and see what they can do. Yeah, I do feel like a September call up being on the same show. There as, you go. Uh, there Doc. you go. But one of the things about Bobby Eaton, you know, we, we've already talked about how you cannot find anybody to say anything bad about the guy. And obviously he was very good. But I think he's got a combination of just pure talent and affinity for his craft and being a student of the game that you don't see come together a lot. You know, a lot of times you got people who are naturally good at something and they just skate by on their raw talent. And then you got people who bust their ass because they got to make up for a lack of raw talent. But Bobby Eaton actually participated in his first wrestling match at the age of 17, I believe it was. I might be getting the date wrong a little bit, year or two, either way. No, I think think you're right there. But with zero training, okay? Bobby Eaton was about 12 years old and figured out that if he and his buddy went down to the arena in Huntsville early enough, they could help set up the ring and the guys would let them in for free and they could hang out and watch the cards. And Bobby Eaton would do that and he would intently watch these matches and pick up everything he could. And over time, he and his buddy would set up the ring and they'd get in there and start doing things that they'd seen the other wrestlers do. And Eaton just keeps hanging around. And then one night in Birmingham, somebody doesn't show up. And they say, uh, hey, kid, you want to fill in? Make a few bucks. And he goes into the ring at 17 years old with zero training and lands himself a job and starts getting booked. I mean, that's insane. With no training. <laughs> no training. And, like, to have the combination of talent to pull it off and the mind to soak up everything and to be able to do it. I mean, I've been watching baseball all my life. I can tell you a lot about the ins and outs of the game. I'm not going to be able to hit a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. But Bobby had the two things, and he brought them together, and it was absolute gold, and it's why he was just so good at what he did. Now, once he started getting booked, then Tojo Yamamoto started traveling with him and kind of teaching him some things. But a lot of what Bobby Eaton accomplished to get his career started was just watching other people and then getting in the ring and doing it. And it's just it's incredible. Here's Pretty the other amazing. thing. For everything that we think about, like Arn and Rick, Arn will tell you that Bobby Eaton was his best friend in the business. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. Mike, how many wrestlers... Do you, have you ever run across that would keep spare supplies for everybody else who might have left or forgot something? 
that is some amazing stuff that the story you used to hear about Bobby, he would, he would have just about anything in his bag. So if you ever needed something, they were like, just ask Bobby, you got a toothpick, you got scissors, you got tape, scotch tape. The dude yeah. literally seemed to have every have everything in his bag. That that that's some some amazing storytelling. When Most you hear wrestlers about him. just have some rehypnol and some lube in their bag, and that's about it. Somas, you know, pills. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And, uh, apparently, Bobby Eaton was your mom when you were eight years old. You know. <laughs> uh, Everything's hey, uh, in there. Real quick, I just happened to see this on the chat. Mark Wilson. Uh, Mark says sucks that I'm just now joining. No, Mark, it does, it's cool. I'm gonna post this on the. It'll be on the free feed, uh, so that you can you can download free. It. Yeah, yeah, I'll post it on the free feed. Um, Jeez. after the fact. Wow, you hear him? So anyway, uh, I I love it. Javorski says you're not missing much, Mark. Well, you can leave Javorski. We don't need you. Yeah, go <laughs> fucking crank it to fucking Johnny Manziel's jersey hanging up in your fucking. Small bedroom in your mom's house, <laughs> and then let Paul Ellering yell at you while you do it. <laughs> the ceiling, it's got projectile missile holes in him. All right, uh, no, but Mark, it'll it'll be up. I'll I'll post the uh, entire show there. Uh, you were talking here's about the, Arn. Well, no. Here's the other thing. So we're in the Saturday night show. We have now entered deep, deep, deep into my dark period of wrestling where I wasn't watching. So every week I watch a show for the first time and sometimes it's good. And the other times it's Norman, but I came back out of that in about 95. And I was still pretty poor. So I watched Saturday night with some buddies that I made at college and we were watching. And I'm like, why the fuck is Bobby Eaton a fucking English guy? And if you think about it, like, so I'm coming out of my, you know, the four-year nap or five-year nap and not watching wrestling. I'm like, is this the best they can do with Bobby Heaton? And still kind of figuring out who Steven Regal is. Imagine if that'll let those two be a real tag team. Like, not some comedy bullshit, but like a real tag team. How good would that have been? I didn't think they were comedy, though, Doc. But they weren't. It wasn't like an a serious... Alabama guy running around as an English well, dude. Okay. Well, for people who knew who he was, yeah, obviously. Okay. So here's the other thing I was going to ask. How many? So that was when I came out and I was like, holy shit, they wrestling's come a long way. They made fucking Bobby Eaton a revolutionary soldier. Earl so, Robert Eaton was his name. I something. Believe. Whatever. So the other <laughs> thing is, how many other guys were in Mid South? World class, JCP, wrestled for Smoky Mountain, ECW, TNA, but never went to WWF. You're asking the wrong one. Because <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't put know. it to the imagine it's a pretty short list. Put it to the geniuses in the uh, chat there. So it's ECW, TNA, WCW. Mid-South World Class Smokey, ECW. JCP ought to 
you could take TNA out. He fought one match. He fought one match in ECW too, but that that's an interesting thing there because Smothers didn't Smothers went to WWF. Right. I mean the list is short. <laughs> if there is one, I don't know. Someone in the chat can chime in and tell us that. Dude, he that match he fought in ECW was I mean, Prue's sitting over there probably pulling the Javorski, but it was what? Him and Sabu versus Terry Funk and Ole, uh, Arn. Yeah, Prue's in the chat. I'm going to see if he says anything about it. You think that would sell some tickets? What you maybe think? Not cause, maybe not in 94, because maybe not in 94, because nothing did, but still. <laughs> I, it's, whenever you think about a guy, like. When you think about Bobby Eaton and you think about the fact that he wrestled in ECW, even if it was only, uh, you know, one time, it just, it doesn't, it, it feels like, what? Is that Bizarro World? But here's the cautionary tale, and this is the thing, and I wish there was, I wish he was, st- and, and this is, I wish Bobby Eaton was still around to not be in Alabama or Tennessee, but to be in either Jacksonville or, or Orlando. To tell these kids, look, Alabama Jam looked great. I was good at it, but I, but I'm, I fell and broke my hip. I'm not getting around good. Learn how to work and stop doing this dumb shit. I'm 62 and I can't move, kind of thing, because he's a guy again that didn't say a lot. So when he speaks to you and gives you advice, hopefully it carries that weight and resonance. True. You know what I look at Bobby, what I think too is, I think we, I'm, I'm guilty of this. Doc, I think you're guilty of it. Sparks, I don't know. We haven't had this discussion a lot, but I know Doc and I are guilty of this. Bobby Eaton, like we talked about, and all the promotions that we watched him in, he, he wasn't really a promo guy. But... He's still one of the goats because of how good he was in the ring. And I think in today's wrestling especially, we as fans can get hung up too much on a guy's promo ability. And I think we should point more to Bobby Eaton and say, no, look at a guy like Bobby Eaton. Look at how talented he was and everything he brought to the table. No, he didn't cut promos. He didn't need to. He had, well, when he got Stan, he had Stan and Corny. Why would, Why did Bobby need to talk? He was good enough to not need that. And I think I think a lot of times, modern fans especially, they either don't know or they forget it. And you've got to remember, you, don't, you really don't have to have that skill to be successful. You just have to have a mouthpiece for you. That's a problem just in general with modern wrestling where you don't have a lot of managers too. Cuz that's a that's a role a manager that can talk can hold for you where you don't have to be the damn talker. Right. And Bobby is like the picture perfect example of the guy who does is not a he doesn't have his own mouthpiece or didn't didn't need to have it, but yet he had Corny who could do it and again Stan once Stan came into the midnight because when Dennis got on the mic, he just sounded like a drunk, which I loved, but it wasn't often. But I don't know. I, I just I wanted to bring it up about Bobby because we we get I think a lot of times fans get so hung up on the the promo aspect of wrestling. Don't get me wrong, promos are you know Doc says it all well, the time. That's, that's we, we like the, the shit last, talking. Yeah, and the other thing is, the last twenty years, you know, 
WWE's opened up every Raw with a 20-minute soliloquy. Jesus. Every one of them. We're going to talk for uh, 20 minutes about nothing. Yeah. Uh, Half Pint chimed in in the chat that Bobby Eaton also teamed with John Cena in OVW. Didn't know that. Half Pint, you been drinking tonight? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, he probably, that's, yeah, I believe him. What year was yeah. it, Half Pint? Tell me. You're going to Google it on the fly. But see, Bobby <laughs> oh. could, Bobby, Bobby had physical humor that didn't, that was at the promo. Remember in Smokey when he was like, they had the, didn't he win yes. like the, the check? <laughs> and then they were like arguing over the check and like tugging at the check. Yeah. That shit was funny. And he didn't have to say a word to get his point across. It was but Stan fan- was that way too. Yeah, it was Stan. It was Stan, Doctor Tom, and Bobby, and I don't remember which one of them won the the check for the TV title, and and they were they were passing it around like they were going to share it, and then Stan tucked it away in his in his in his jacket in his robe, and Bobby's like the 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 sign the, the language that they were using with just the eyes and the mannerisms told a great story of he's like hey, give me back my check you know what are you doing he's like oh yeah hey, let me get back to you all the while corny's cutting a promo. Yeah, it's the same thing with eating fucking with Shivani during the interviews there. That's just true. Like when he would mess with the paper. I mean, Condra would do with it as the well. Papers. And you know that had to mess a freak like Shivani up. He would kind of giggle, but then he would kind of be frustrated, but I'm sure he tried to no-sell it as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, and guys, somebody in the chat had mentioned this and have actually verified it. Bobby Eaton was actually a few months shy of 17 during that first match 16 then wow okay Amazing. mike so can you imagine being in the ring at 16 <laughs> no. no can you imagine being in the ring with somebody who was 16 uh n- no but then again you might not know their age depending on how old they look and so but bobby did look young so i guess you probably would have figured it out i don't know uh, Sparks, let me, uh, Doc, uh, Doc, keep going, Doc. What else you got? Make sure you get all your stuff in. Did we lose you, Doc? Lord knows what's up. Uh, Sparks, you still there? <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, Doc was, uh, while, while Doc decides, uh, I don't know if he stepped away to take a leak or something. So he talked about Arn. Arn, uh, I don't know if everybody saw this post, but I'll, I'll, mention it here the orange show posted on twitter this morning i was awakened by one of the voices that value that value the most my wife erin on this day she delivered the worst news possible the world lost its finest citizen if there was a kinder gentler person i would sure love to meet them i could spend all day talking about how special he was in a wrestling ring that's easy what's hard to do justice to the person he was to his family thank you for sharing Bobby with the world. I will treasure the memories of him forever. I think everything that says there, if there was a kinder, gentler person, I sure would love to meet them. Uh, That's the sentiment you hear from pretty much everybody. Like the dude was loved by everyone. Uh, And that to me says everything. Mm -hmm. Says it all. I'm back. I, I, I went, I hit mute and left. Unlike Kevin Sullivan on his latest podcast. Um, where he pees on the air. Stealing Harper's gimmick and stuff. Gimmick infringement. 
Yeah, pretty much. All right, Doc. Everybody steals got? every. Everybody steals everything we do. Any other thoughts on Bobby, Doc? I mean, he's a guy who held what the tag straps, the world tag straps twice, the U.S. straps, the TV title was never really seriously in the world title picture, but is considered one of the goats in a time when to be considered one of the goats, you had to be able to talk and he didn't. That's a pretty amazing career. And he's a guy that was a master of his craft and regardless of wrestling or whatever else you do, how many people can say that in life, that you're a true master of what it is you've chosen to do? So, uh, RIP Bobby. You're so smooth. Um, Doc, it, it was Did him. Did you say who, I'm so smooth or he's so smooth or we're both so smooth? Use your imagination, Tinkerbell. Uh, <laughs> so we were talking about Smokey Mountain Wrestling. He was the Beat the Champ television champ one time, so that, that was accurate when Stan was trying to steal his check and – Poppy's like, hey, bro, you know, without saying a word, got his check back. So that was uh, just one of the at least at least Stan didn't stuff it down his britches like Buddy did. Oh, God. Yeah. Buddy put the check in his ball sweat and then stuffed it down old Tim Horner's throat. And that was after he hit him with a bag of powder. How great was that? (laughs) Uh, In Jim Crockett promotion slash world championship wrestling. So Bobby three times was the NWA U.S. tag champ with Stan. They were the NWA WCW World Tag Champs. Oh, Bobby held it three times. One with Dennis, one with Stan. And then, we haven't gotten to this yet, one with Arn. And of course, may not remember, but Bobby was the uh, uh, WCW World Television Champion one time. So it's, um, what's what's crazy is, I mean, I think Bobby would have been a, a, I mean, he was a great tag team wrestler, obviously. One of the best ever. I think he I think he would have been a really good singles wrestler if just if he ever had the opportunity to really run for a long time as a singles guy. Now he never really yeah. did or but he would have been fine. Uh I, and that's a testament. And he only held it I mean he held more than one single, but that was the that was the one uh in WCW. And and Doc, I can't forget this. I had to look this up cuz I, I I just covered this not that long ago, a little over a year ago on the World Class show. I had kind of forgotten that him and Dennis held the world class tag belts one time. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Lots of championships. And that's, I'm scratching the surface. Mid South tag champ with Dennis twice. He, he won plenty of, uh, plenty of titles. Uh, Sparks, yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying, I'm trying to find the exact number here, but the Mid America heavyweight title. That was also held at different times by Dutch Mantel and Tracy's mothers. Uh, Bobby Eaton actually held that a number of times um, mm. on the kind of East Tennessee, Alabama side of that territory. Let's see. Eaton, 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 four, five, six, nine, ten. Well, yeah, this is riveting. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's good for anybody who missed Sesame Street today. But yeah, it looks like yeah. ten times he held that singles title on Google's territory. 
There you go. And, and another testament to just how damn good he was when Nick Goulas decided his son George needed to be a wrestler. He tagged him with Eaton. He put him with Eaton. Yeah. And Eaton's still only like 19 years old at the time. And George Goulas is infamously and universally known as pretty much god-awful wrestler, basically killed that side of the territory, was part of the impetus for Jarrett breaking off and bringing Memphis on his own. And his dad decides, okay, this is the guy who can drag your ass through a match at 19 years old. Hey, I don't... It's it's insane how good he was. I mean, you you go watch any match he's in, even in the studio with the enhancement talent. He's just as smooth as can be. Remember Um, when he's up there on on the top rope and he damn near, he was like, it's like yes <laughs> yeah he's dropping a leg and he's hitting the light oh my god i just saw this i don't i don't remember this at all it says um i'm on wikipedia and you know take that information for what it is i don't say you trust that a lot doctoral uh, level research i got it right right worst worked match it, it, worst worked match of the year 1991 Bobby with Pia News versus Terrence Taylor and Steve Austin in a scaffold match at the Great American Bash. Bro, that, I told you, that's when I'm going to lose my smile and the goon squad fills in for me and Harper. I vaguely remember <laughs> that match. That's what's, that's what's nope. like. I'm like, when Rick leaves, shit. You need Sparks to replace you at that point? Is that what you're saying? Well, Harper and I said we're leaving. Okay. Uh but yeah, I just I, that just caught my attention just real quick. All right, let's go to now Sparks, man. Uh, Sparks, what other thoughts do you have about Bobby as you think about uh, losing him too early and just his greatness as a tag team wrestler? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, there's a, he pretty much said uh, most of what there is to say about it. Uh, to be that good, and as Doc said, you know, true master of your craft, you're at the top of the mountain. To be able to achieve that level without being much of a talker and to be the kind of guy that 30 years later you can't find anybody to say anything bad about you and on top of it all he's humble as all get out i mean when they did the um little tribute show i think it was december of 19 it's actually playing on fight right now if anybody hasn't seen it yet but it, you know, Bobby Eaton's so out of the loop as far as social media and all that. They organized this entire wrestling card to be a night to show him appreciation. He didn't know anything about it until he walked into the building. They were able to keep it a secret. All right, that he, that may be his greatest accomplishment yet. Right. What a winner. He wins everything for that. Exactly. Exactly. But And he's like, I can't believe y'all went through all this trouble with little old me. Uh, yeah. He's very humble. I mean, that's the the other thing you always hear. Like, can't amazed that all these people, you know, not only know him but value him and want to want to want to talk to him and want to tell him how great he was and how much they enjoyed watching him. It's kind of amazing when you think about that. I Shivani used to say that too. He's like, oh, I'm just you know, I'm just Tony Shivani. I was just a commentator. Like, dude, you were on TBS. Like, we watched you weekly. What do you mean you're just a dude? You were really good at your job. It's the weirdest thing. These guys were on a national platform and they, I mean, not all. I mean, you've got some that are, you know, conceited, but 
Bobby, Shivani, and like they're they're just like these humble dudes, and you're like, man, do you realize the impact you had? And they they, they don't. I mean, I, I I don't know, man. You get old. You hated the Midnight back then, but you get older, and you're like, God, they were so talented. Mm-hmm. What else can I say? Like, and Sparks and I were little kids watching those those suckers run around mid south causing havoc and just being the dirtiest, nastiest heels, and and you hate them, and then you get older, and you're like. Oh God, they were fantastic! Like they were so good. Yeah, and, I, and 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 the best part is that whole like Doc and I have this discussion a lot. I don't know, Sparks. I don't know if we've had you and I have had it a, a lot, but the one thing about the Midnight and all those you know all the guys that we end up saying we love is how the stuff they did even back then, all those years ago, it holds up today. Oh yeah, that's, no doubt. That's the, that's the testament of it all. It's like you can watch it in. 2021 and go that holds up and that's the best part of it yeah i mean when guys who are in the business today i mean and granted a lot of them you know don't give two listen shit to, about yeah being, listen to harper they good. ain't watching this but the ones who do you know the modern you know within the last you know this generation okay even if you want to go previous generation you want to talk rock stone cold those guys the ones who pay attention to him, they always talk about how smooth he was and how he never wasted any emotion or any energy. Everything he did, every little move he made had a purpose. You know, he wasn't just out there flipping and diving just to flip and dive or show off what he could do. You know, it was all geared towards the psychology of the match. And how do we tell this story the best way possible? Yeah, but did he ever have a six-star match in Cork and Hall? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, don't even. <laughs> Dude, I've, said, I've said it before, and I'll probably say it a million more times. Meltzer doesn't even believe his own bullshit right now. Yeah, he it's a... It's totally a gimmick. You can't even... I mean, at one point, I don't know if this is true, but... I've seen a few people tweet it, Fritz von Malky being one of them, that he evidently compared the Midnight Express laying and laying and eating to the Young Bucks. Or that's just, a, dude, get their fucking oh, I can get their it. dong I, out I your mouth, bro. I mean, come on, man. Exact tweet for you, bro. There's four wrestlers in my life right now. Five. But four for real and then a fifth. There's four that are go away heat channel changers. I do not want to see it. It's the Young Bucks, John Moxley, and Kenny Omega. <laughs> the fifth is Matt Riddle. But I tune in because every once in a while, they'll let somebody just beat his ass on WWF. <laughs> and I'm in there for that. Yeah, see, I haven't seen enough of Moxley to know one way or the other. And I, I don't have it in for Omega as much as some other guys do. I can take him or leave him. I really don't. I think I think when Omega wants to be good, he can be good. But he's just too much of a clown most of the time. All right, here's the exact tweet from Dave Meltzer, dated May 17, 2020. Okay. Okada is the modern-day Jumbo Saruta. Tanahashi is the modern-day Bret Hart. Young Bucks are the modern-day Midnight Express. Matt Riddle should be the modern day of Carrie Von Eric, but WWE <laughs> doesn't know how to make top baby face top baby faces, so he isn't. 
He did. He said one thing that I agree with. It said the WWE doesn't know how to make top baby faces. So I'll in give him Okada, that. In Okada is as good as advertised. Yes. But, but the and Young what, Bucks. And, that, and that's what a lot of people who are constantly bragging on Omega about don't realize. You know, he got all that hype from his matches with Okada. And but, how much of that was Okada's doing and how much of that was Omega's doing. But, and the young bucks and the young bucks are go away heat. Yes. But the Bucks are not in the Midnight Express's league. No version of the Midnight not Dennis and Bobby, and surely not Bobby and Stan. Get out like the, he's working such a gimmick. <laughs> it's not funny. It's like, right, dude, you know what they you know, you know half fight, fight just said Meltzer drinks more than me. That's a lot. You know what? Do you know what the Young Bucks really are? Children. They're the they're the whatever town in Mississippi that Sparks is in, God help you, version of the Hardy Boys that never really learned how to work. My favorite thing about the conversation we had once on uh, on the show about them, I think Harper was talking about AEW, and we were talking about wrestlers from our generation whether it's and i don't think we were focusing on the midnight with stan and bobby at the time but like harper's thing was you know i used to look at wrestlers ron simmons you know the big guys back in the day and i look at him and go oh man you know he looks like he could be somebody's ass well, let me tell you though if i see those guys in an alley i know i can kick their ass and that just says it all. So when look, you look, say, here's the deal. but it, but it, but it's not even the size. Here's the thing. I look. I have limited experience. I'm not going to come on here and blah blah blah. But there's a couple of guys I've walked up across in in my life and in the bar. I told you about the Manny Fernandez when I did my Dusty Rhodes <laughs> impersonation, and uh, the other one was Hernandez, and those, he's a big dude. And I'm yeah, a big do. guy. He's he's a big fella. But I ain't gonna go talk shit to Chris Benoit either. It's right. how uh, you fair, carry yeah, yourself. fair point. Yeah. Look, I, I don't want to turn this. Don't let's do. Those guys are clowns. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to turn this into. No, no, he's right. He's a, I don't want to turn it into it. But look, go ahead. Here, go, here's go ahead, my thing about the young bucks and a lot of these outlaw mud show guys. Britney Spears can't sing worth a shit. Okay? If you ever actually listen to her undoctored audio, her voice is crap. Okay? But she has made a fortune many times over. Not despite that fact, but because of that fact. When she was hitting it big, you had a bunch of little preteen, early teen girls running around who saw Britney Spears... And said, she's a lot like me. And they lived vicariously through her. And they created this loyalty, which made Britney Spears a multimillionaire. And I think a lot of what you got going on with a lot of these current mud show guys, it's the same thing. You got a bunch of out of shape fat asses in the stands with no training watching these guys thinking, you know, I could do that. If I really tried and cared enough to 
to put that's the effort a, in. That's a real problem because they also think that they could be in female gymnastics in the Olympics too. Yeah. I mean, they might be able to. Come that's on. a joke, people. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. My, I, back to the point. It's just ridiculous. Like, he can't even... He, I, I'm sure he doesn't... Be, no, I don't even sure. I know he doesn't believe that. That they're this generation's Midnight Express. That is the most absurd thing that he's probably ever said. And he said some pretty stupid stuff. So he's, yeah, he's working raising, with raising the bar every day. Yeah, he raises the bar every day. He doubles down on stupid stuff. It's 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 Lance and I were talking about it on the last world class show. Um just I just think he's compromised. I think, you know, I don't think he's on the, their payroll. I just think that he just is like, well, I got to cater to that audience, and that's how I sell subscriptions. Well, so you go ahead. Well, that's part of it. That's follow part of it. Yeah, I, follow the money. Yeah, follow the money. I think, the, yeah, I think the other part is is he was the first person to start talking about some of these guys. Uh, you know, it's like the pro wrestling gorilla West Coast guys. That are now all these outlaw much show fucks that we're poking fun at all the time. He was the first person to kind of put the spotlight on them, so he's invested in their success, bro. I and he can kind I'm, of say, you know, been, yeah, these, you know these, these are my guys, I told, and I help create them. You know, it's ain't about Bobby Eaton, but I told the menace this this week. You know what I'm invested in? Watching CM Punk come in and eviscerate everybody <laughs> on the mic. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Sparks, I know I got a few more minutes here. If you want to take some questions from the peanut idiots. Oh my God. Let's see. Okay. Um, so we did have one question. Uh, Mike Prue asked, so doc remembers appearing on the ECW show or evidently when you were supposed to appear. Uh, Mike Prue says we are now in 95. What's the deal? Pick an episode. Oh, okay. I can. I that's my favorite year. So you gonna get um, back with him on that one? Yeah. I'll, I will. I'll, I'll. I'll get to you. No, no, no. no you're not Mike. getting through me. No, no. I can give you his email address, and you can email him from your BTT email. How's that sound? My BTT email. Yeah. Don't you have a BTT email? No. I thought you did. I don't think so. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah. Okay, maybe I'm uh, misremembering. I thought you had like a a Gmail that. Ninety five is a good year because they haven't gone total, complete like New Jack garbage and bullshit. You got the Eliminators. Dude, the Eliminators were so good. That was a great tag team. Shame. It was some fun stuff Raven. in ninety five. Good the stuff. Fucking music. Got the fucking music. All right. So any more questions? I'm sure Javorski's out there. Javorski asked, Doc, uh, how long does it take for you to crank? Uh, I usually only need like 60 seconds. Uh, are you a 60-second type of guy or six minutes type of guy? I have people to do that for me. Okay. He didn't ask that question. I just thought I'd throw <laughs> it out there. <laughs> you, you, you have people. I wonder if Michael Angel's still on, on, the, on the live stream. You have people that do that for you? Right, right. <laughs> okay. All right. What other questions do we have for for the doc while he's here? Uh, I don't think you want to know anything, man. We're not so, getting a lot of questions. Okay, that's fine. Um, so, Mike, do you know the story that Conrad had like somebody shit in his house? 
Sir, I have no clue what you're talking about. Are we really going to talk about this while we're RIP and Bobby Eaton? I guess not. What would you do if somebody shat in your house? As on long the as they floor. go in the toilet, I mean, that's fine. On on the floor. This is a live stream going out to live viewers. I'm going to not say what I would do. Okay. <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> well, he always steals from us. So I figured I would steal from them on this. So I'm going to be over tomorrow about 1030 in the morning. Okay. Sure. I won't be here. I don't know, actually. Uh, um, Half Pint has a football question. Doc, Cowgirls, over and under. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So I died. Half Pint, you need to hold on a little bit, buddy. You and I may be doing something together. I know that may make <laughs> that may be a wet dream for you, but you and I may be doing something together. Well, I'll tell them. Well, I haven't emailed them yet, but yeah, Half Pint, we're going to get you and Doc to do the NFL predictions if you'd like. I'm going to sit Sweet. back and just listen to you two. Well, but if you're asking about the Cowboys, it's always, always 16 and 0, brother. Okay. Well, things are looking real good. Hey, hey, if, don't, you, I, if you don't I, believe that, who will? I don't let the fact that my quarterback can't throw right now stand in my way. <laughs> Mike Pruitt wants listen, to know. Whoa, whoa, hold on. You're a Southern Miss guy, right? That's Favre, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Y'all spawned that bullshit on us. <laughs> <laughs> he hates. Okay, so you, we need to clarify. He hates Green Bay. He and he I, hates Aaron Rodgers as much as he as much as he hates Brett Favre. <laughs> Anybody who plays for Green Bay, oh, I hate Aaron actually, Rodgers more than I hate Aaron Rodgers way more than I hated Brett Favre. We used to I, kick the shit out of Brett Favre. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Tell the people that are listening what you call. Whenever I bring up. Aaron Rodgers' name, you call him a prick? No, it starts with a C. Co- cocksucker? You you say it with emphasis too. He's a you smug can't... prick, dude. I can't stand that <laughs> asshole. Uh Mike Pru wants to know which Conrad pods do you listen to, Doc? Oh, okay. I'll be real honest here. I, I do I listen to Arn, which has gotten a ton better. Since he started doing his career, that I, I didn't give a shit about 2007 Armageddon or whatever. Um, I do listen to JR unless it's um, 2007 Armageddon. Um, I listen to Tony, listen to them steal our gimmick, and now they're really into Pez Watley, which, huh, gee, where did I hear that from? No kidding. Uh, and let's see what else. I give it up yeah. on Bruce. If they start tweeting, tweeting pics of the jive tones, we know we got an issue. Um, and I really do enjoy the Jeff Jarrett podcast. Yeah, yeah I, actually listen, of... I actually listened to the first one, or maybe about two thirds of it anyway. Yeah, that, that's he's got some stories, man. Yeah, he does. It's sneaky. It's um, there's a few episodes that I've heard. I haven't heard all of them. I've, I've listened to a few. Doc knows I've been down on most podcasts, man. I'm 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 not listening to really anything anymore. Much. I have a job where I I have a job where there's days where I can listen to a few hours, Must and just nice. sort of in the in the background. So and Bischoff too, if depending on the topic. Yeah. Okay. Um, Javorsky. Well, I wants... mean, 
just because you and aren't part of the industry, you didn't change the industry like Eric Bischoff did. I think Javorski, uh, he's uh, over there smoking he, something. He's making himself stupid. Browns, <laughs> Browns in the Super Bowl, right, Doc? Sure. <laughs> That's what his is, way. Do they still have OBJ? Is he what? What week does he get hurt this year? What week does Baker Mayfield's arm fall off? Just so y'all know, Doc hates every team except for the Cowboys with equal passion. No, no that's anyway. not true. It's it's the Eagles, and then the Redskins, and then the Giants. Well, probably the Eagles, and then the Redskins, and the the Packers, and then the Giants, and then lots of other teams. Sir, and then I sir, sir, they're they're called the Washington Football Team now. Whatever. And then I kind of <laughs> like uh, the Saints. And I used to, as a kid, like the Dolphins a little bit. But, I mean, if it all comes down to it, you got to die in a fire so that I can get mine. That's nice. Well, Doc, it looks so, like. So I hope that all your teams out there, your quarterbacks all get hurt. You all go 0-16. That's, like, impossible, but okay. Your colleges all get busted for whatever it is you get busted. <laughs> you, you can't get busted by anything for anything anymore. <laughs> Dude, I read well, you can. It's, you it's all legal now, buddy. Well, the money part is legal, but you, you can get busted for doing technically illegal things. The, the in, I told Lance this. As soon as the uh, NIL thing broke, the NCAA owes SMU an apology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, because they they basically destroyed SMU and SMU never recovered. And now everything that SMU was, you know, got the death penalty over is now legal. Exactly. So what hey, you're saying is I, I, I love the so fact that yeah, you can. So you're arguing for reparations? Yeah. There you okay. go. Wow. Just making sure. That I mean, that's wow. what he's saying. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Peru, words, we do. Mike, words Peru, touch you down there. We do an NFL predictions Patreon show, yeah, every year. Mike, uh, Peru, we, we do one every year. We've done, I say every year. We did last two years. Why don't you hop on and tell me how Philly's going to cut the fucking music? No, I don't think Peru... Prue would be more of a Patriots fan. He wouldn't be a Philly fan. He's a Ugh, Boston no. guy. Unless you rooted for Steve Grogan, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> Doc's got a problem with people who start rooting for teams after the fact. Look, I got no problem with the Patriots. I like the fact that Belichick's a heel. I got no problem with Tom Brady. But if you're bandwagoning this thing, then I have a problem with you. Yeah, be a sufferer like me and root for the frickin' Pelicans. Be a sufferer, year. man. It's been 25 years over here. That's your problem. All right, we're out of questions, Doc, it looks like at this point. So I know you got to run because you, uh, you've got things to do and, um, you know, I have community outreach. Community yeah, outreach and all well, that stuff. And I, well, I got to put them to bed, and later I have an outreach call uh, okay. with some troubled youth. Yeah. Sure. Hey, I have I have a very sad five year old 
because I had to cut off our round of Mario Kart to log in and do this show. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Father of the year over here. <laughs> uh, but, uh, look, I know we, we kind of went off the rails near the end. We were just trying to have a little fun. But, yeah. uh, seriously. I, 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 can, I can bring it home, Mike. Uh, Go ahead. This is not my story. This was told by somebody else. But um, I was listening to Busted Open. I don't usually do that on a regular basis, but I figured they would probably be talking about Bobby Eaton. So I listened to a good bit of that. And this guy called in, and he said he was in, grew up a Mid-South guy. I don't remember if he said where exactly he was from, but I want to say it was somewhere in Louisiana. It might have been Mississippi. I forget. But he said at the end of a show, all the kids are gathering up at the back door trying to see the faces and get autographs and all that. And he wouldn't say who it was, but apparently he got up close to the faces car. And kid asked for an autograph and he said, absolutely not, kid. He just kind of pushed the kid off to the side. And of course, this is a Mid-South main eventer pushing on like an eight-year-old kid. So the kid goes flying backwards in the parking lot not that it was intentional it's just you know kid that guy was so strong compared to how big the kid was face drives off of course the kid's like what the hell just happened bobby eaton walks out and goes over and checks on the kid puts his arm around him and says man sorry that happened he was just being a jerk tonight and actually, he said he, you know, stay there and talk to the kid for a couple minutes, just make sure he was okay and calm him down and everything. And I imagine if Bill White saw that, he might have fired him on the spot. But it just got—it's just another story about what kind of guy Bobby Eaton is. And it actually turned out the guy later on got into wrestling promotion and actually got to be able to book Bobby Eaton, you know, twenty, thirty years later. So it's pretty cool callback to that, but. Yeah, just, again, you cannot find anybody to say anything bad about Bobby Eaton. It's remarkable at a business full of people who are just trying to run their angles and backstab and sneak and politic. It's crazy. That's the amazing part of it. You nailed it. In a business full of just carny pieces of crap, you get a Bobby Eaton. Mm -hmm. I think it was Jim Ross who said... One of the older people told him, if you make it to the end of your run with two friends in this business, you're doing good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of truth to that. And on that note, I think um, I think Sparks closed it out. I think Doc's going to go do some community outreach and put some kids to bed. And we thank you for joining he's, our he's live gotta, stream. He's got to go, go cook the soup for the soup line tomorrow. That's right. But we appreciate you joining if you hung with us the whole time. For anybody who's wondering why it was a surprise, it was because I just wanted that we hadn't done one in a while. I didn't want to promise something that didn't come to fruition, even though we were planning on it. So uh, we hope you don't mind the surprise. I see a bunch of y'all joined, so we appreciate it. And I will put this up on the free feed. It'll be a bonus show. But if you missed the live stream, hey, you just never know when we're going to do one. But we appreciate it. Thank you very much for joining us. And one last note, we're not going to close it like we normally do with our book at tagline, but all I got to say is rest in peace, beautiful Bobby Eaton. <laughs>